I'm Rob. I'm E. That was Sharif. I'm still tipped up. <laughs> Welcome to the next movement, folks. Behold those strife, cold as ice. Escape prison cell on that dark, long night. Raise hell, save monsters. Books rescued from a dump truck underground bunker. Surround long grass, death bed over Lord Abundance. Delay passion behind the pine trees. Poisonous monsters. Pan's labyrinth, murdered grand dragon. Uh, it was all a dream. How the world experienced phantasm. Periscope pistol play. Past midnight near the festival. Residents more tainted truths. Rooftop party. Revised world class wrecking crew. We've got our good friends Sharif and Steel Tip Dove here. We're going to talk about very dope. Very dope album that uh, they just put out called Decay on Backwoods. You people have probably already heard it, but we're going to talk some more about it. Gentlemen, thanks for being here again. We got our first three-peat in Fat Boy Sharif. Congratulations. Yes. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much for having me again. It's, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do this on a better show, man. So nah. shout out Next Movement Podcast. Love everything I do always and keep elevating. I love it. Thanks, fam. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, glad to have you. No, I appreciate you. Vice versa. All right. I want to start by asking about the dynamic between the two of you in the studio. So, Dove, could you give us a sense of what it's like to record with Sharif? Yeah, it's pretty easy going, man. Uh, Sharif comes through. Either he's already written it. For the most part, he's already written it and knows what he's going to do. And uh, I just fire up the the microphone and you just go in and start doing takes and layers until it sounds good. I mean, like it's, it's a really easy going, easy dynamic. Uh, I wish I had more to say, but I feel like at this point in both of our careers, we kind of know what, what we're doing. We, we have vision and we go in and we execute. Yeah. Sound yeah. sounds easy. Yeah. Sharif, what would well, you, what would you say is different about working with Dove as opposed to folks like no face or, or Ropa Williams? I was just saying this early to somebody. See, Dove, you underestimating the power of certain things you bring to the table studio eyes that enhance the experience. I was just telling somebody earlier, Dove got the snack ball in there. <laughs> see? You can see the power of the snack ball. I'm telling you, you come in, first of all, I'm coming from Jersey to Brooklyn. So that's like a two-hour trip straight up and down. Cause his studio's over there by the uh, Barclays. So after a long journey, a long flight of steps that I walk up, I walk in the nice air conditioned studio and what's there to make my trip a little easier, make my brain work a little better. Some gummy bears, some potato chips, some Gatorade. It it all go hand in hand. Wow. (laughs) Such hospitality. Yeah. I'm trying, man. I'm trying like, you know, got some extra, you know, extra funds doing well buy some snacks and some waters and some stuff for the for the i have a constant flow of guests so i try to make it comfortable yeah gotta keep them happy (laughs) i love it (laughs) in our previous episode we spoke with visual artist designer chop the head and he told us about his experience in sharing beats that he's made for sharif he said that every beat that sharif liked sharif would share what it looked like to him like the the visuals that came in his head and i'm assuming that sharif you must do something similar with 
with Dove and you did something similar with this project. So I want to ask about the visuals that came up for you with Dove's production and how that may have shaped or crafted the album, especially in post-production. Yeah, nah, definitely. I'll say um, it was dope because kind of we kind of hit it off early on. So it wasn't a lot of really getting used to each other and stuff like that. So I would say kind of within the first two to three sessions, we kind of had certain key elements of the album, like songs like Brandon Lee, Boogie Monster, even like Farewell Suit. Like we had those songs within the first two to three sessions. And from that, it was kind of us. It was kind of it was kind of my job after that to kind of just put the rest of the concept together through that. Because even like the title Decay, we kind of came up with the title early. Like I remember, like maybe the fourth session, I was like, "Yo, um, how do you feel in this title?" And then he was like, "Oh, that's dope." And then I was like, "All right, cool. I'm gonna make everything else around that and around these key songs that we got." So. Yeah, like Dub said, a lot of the times I'm coming to the studio already writing. So I'll take a beat home, play it, sleep to it, maybe for like a month. So like, for example, I'll give you a song like uh, Measure Smooth Techniques. When I was listening to that, for some reason, like I kept seeing the color gray and I'm smelling smoke, seeing a bunch of like different clouds and shapes in the sky. And it kind of made me write to that a certain way where something like a song like The Sixth Day that's kind of more visual. It was kind of me just zoning out and I saw different, maybe red top shaped buildings. And it was kind of just like, I'll go to Dove like, yo, I, I'm i thinking about this. I want to write this concept to it. And it's kind of like, all right, how can I find the words that, that could describe these colors, these soundscapes that he brought to the table? So, yeah. Kind of that aspect for most of the recording process for it. Yeah. Dove, for you, does that like help you shape what things sound like in post-production? Yeah, I think so. I think what helped me shape a lot of things in post-production was just the the songs themselves. I mean, once you start to touch on those um, obvious moments, like what's going to be first, what's going to be last, what's going to sort of the broader outline you can really dig into like forming intros and outros and blending the tracks together and stuff like that and make it more dynamic and move around more. Mm-hmm. So when Dove joined us earlier this year, I said to him that he has this gift of really honoring the uniqueness of musicians artistry when he works with them. And I think decay is just another example of that. Sharif, I'm wondering if this is something that you appreciate about Dove and if this motivated the full length collaboration. Oh, no, nah, yeah, definitely. Like Rob was saying earlier about the post-production, definitely, like, it was, I would say it was, like, three levels of this album where it went from just writing and crafting and coming up with the themes and ideas and then me recording it. But the final step, and obviously, to me, the most important before it gets to the people is just the post-production on Dovin. So I just want to thank him for that with everything he put added in the different sounds and samples and stuff. And I would say he probably did about nine to eight different uh, mixes that we went through the album, listened to it. Oh, this is dope. Hold on. I want to add this. So he'll switch something else. He'll do something different with my voice that I'm like, oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. And he'll come back with it again. And then when we finally 
got it finished, finished, probably like around the ninth or tenth mixing session. Like we knew we had something special for sure. Yeah, it came together quite nicely. Well, I appreciate you. Yeah. So the first track on Decay is Phantasm. And Sharif, you say in the chorus, part of what you say is you mentioned in the mouth of madness. And so knowing you, I immediately thought of the John Carpenter film and decided this is what you're referring to. I watched the movie today and I noticed a lot of similarities between it and Decay. And so for people that don't know what I'm talking about, long story short, In the Mouth of Madness is about this claim, insurance claims investigator who is hired to look for this really renowned and popular author, think like Stephen King. And in the process of finding him, he literally goes crazy. So there's a lot of similarities between In the Mouth of Madness and Decay for me. And one of the major themes that's shared is this blurring of fiction and reality. In the film and on Decay, it sometimes feels like there's no distinction between what's real and what isn't. And I think that's what happens when the world around us is so crazy and dysfunctional. Things can be so ridiculous and so frightening that it doesn't feel like they're genuinely happening. Do you feel like Decay speaks to that? Yeah, nah, definitely, for sure. And even just going back a little bit to just the title of the project, it kind of came from, and it's funny because we started recording it like right after Gandhi came out. So we started recording it around 2020, I would say, like November 2020. And kind of the concept and the things we were seeing was, y'all already know, like the world literally was going through the craziest time it ever went to with people losing their mind financially, mental illness through the roof, uh, the family structure is breaking up in the world. And to me, it was kind of like the world literally died and had to teach itself how to come back like a baby. Like, mm. So the title Decay came from that. Just like us having to, not, uh, not us, but just people having to take back what they was used to. Kind of, I'm used to this type of money, but now I'm making this type of money. I'm used to this type of living. Now I got to do this type of living. Like, and even if you look at the cover, shout out to Ginger Slim for the amazing uh, picture, but you got the abandoned house, but when you look to the other side of the house, you got you see the sun coming through both windows, and you see the little kid painting on the wall. So it was kind of just like a rebirth, a new life, a new mm-hmm. a new something that we might not know what we're in for, but we got we got to be ready for it. Because yeah. if not, <laughs> shit just going to get worse and worse. Agreed. I love that explanation. One of the best parts about Decay for me is a production. It, it's so cinematic. It's it's straight up, a, for me, a score to a horror film. Dove, I, I was wondering if you were influenced by this type of production when you were working on this project. And have film scores in general, have have they had an impact on you when you consider the work that you've produced over the years? Um, Not as directly as I don't listen to a lot of film scores. Uh, I definitely should, and I know there's a lot of dope ones out there. But I don't like listen to film scores like I think some people do, you know, seek them out and listen to them. Um, although I did get into the Succession score, which is not mm-hmm. a film, but that be just so I ended up listening to that score. But um, I was aware of it while we were making it. Yeah, I was aware of how it was sounding. And I, you know, Sharif could probably attest to this. I probably used the phrase, you know, movie, uh, the phrase scary movie quite a few times. Uh, 
so it was it was it was very clear that it that it sounded like that and i certainly did not lean into it i, I leaned into it for sure um and that's stuff that i would love to get into i think that that would be a lot of fun to score scenes visuals as opposed to you know providing a backdrop for for lyrics but yeah it, it was successful in that regard definitely came out sca- sounding like a scary movie yeah for sure and it and you talk about the visuals like i it felt like i was watching a movie without watching a movie that makes yeah, sense mm-hmm. yeah it does because and it's it, for me i'm not as visual as sharif i don't think because like i can't see anything specific but it feels visual it sounds visual you know like it's it, it has texture that 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 you know the album's no, also oh sorry were you gonna say something sharif no i would just say definitely so uh he's point like i would say Dove definitely brought me somewhere uh, production-wise and sonically that no other producer did. So I just want to thank him for that, like, for sure. Yeah, man. Thank you. The album is sequenced really well. It contributes, I think, to this movie score feel that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. I was particularly struck by the end and the beginning, the funeral outfit, and then going back to the top in Phantasm, just seamless, which I always appreciate. It makes it easy to just put it on a loop. But I want to ask yeah. specifically about the interlude on this album. And I'm curious about the decision to include that. How did that come together? Oh, yeah. No, nah. <laughs> it's funny because I'm one of those artists who always think like the producer kind of, not that they don't get to adjust, but <laughs> they kind of, sometimes they might get looked at as not as an important key part to an album. So that's one thing with any producer I work with, I always like to be like, yo, they gonna hear me rapping for like an hour. They should hear at least one or two beats from you that's just instrumental. So they can hear your important part of this. So that's kind of that's how that came to be. Yeah, I think the beat was submitted and it was potentially gonna be rapped on, but then it wasn't. And then um I think Sharif even suggested, yeah, like he's saying, he's the one that suggested we keep it on the project anyway as an interlude. And then uh I was able to step in and give it probably the best title of any song you guys have ever heard. Um, so, you know, you're welcome for everyone for that. Yeah. It's yeah. very accurate title. Yeah. 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 I try to put a lot of thought and, uh, get really deep with the, when I get the chance to title the music. And, yes, and I just don't think my voice, I don't think that, that beat, I don't think my voice was buttery enough to compliment that beat. I, <laughs> the beat. The beat was so crazy that I'm like, nah, this shit can't have no raps. let it speak for itself yeah (laughs) sharif i've heard you say that this is perhaps your most personal project to date Um, yeah for sure on personal projects and at times on on this album your lyrics often seem to be sort of like observations of things outside of you or in society but decay seems to get more personal the further it moves along at least at least to my ears almost like It's almost like the the psychological defenses that you have in place like begin to decay throughout the project until we get close to the end, and now it's like impossible not to face your inner demons, right? So, on Boogie Monster, the farewell outfit, you're you're talking about grief and loss, but the most personal moments that I hear are on Scarhead. Like it seems to contain a lot of personal anguish. You're talking about not being able to sleep, not being able to see your own wounds, the scars on your face, but having some awareness that something is not right. Medicated minutes, sustained minutes, 
just feels far more transparent than anything I've ever heard from you. And I'm wondering what it was like for you to write this song. No, definitely. And definitely appreciate you for seeing that. I would say I got to kind of think, Dolph, because again, the production that he was bringing to the table, it kind of it was beats that made me sit back and think a lot and just sit with him. So I always, from as long as I've been writing, I'm always like, these stories got to come out. But sometimes it's not the right time for certain stories and ideas to come out. And I'm one of those people, like, I might record something now and be like, yeah, people not even ready to hear this for like two years, maybe. It's not going to make sense. Like, Or I might just have an idea and be like, this idea won't make sense for another like year and a half. So to me, it flowed exactly how it was supposed to flow out. Like, imagine because y'all both familiar with all my work. Imagine hearing Decay before preaching to Havana. Or imagine hearing Decay right after Gandhi. Like, it wouldn't have made sense. And like I was saying, we recorded it literally the exact same time. Like, I recorded this Cyber City and Havana the exact same time. And I would just go to Brooklyn, go to Dove Studio, leave his studio, go to Love Studio, leave his studio, go see Nofit. And they all was recorded at the same time, but I kind of knew people got to see these other chapters of the book before they even care about this one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's also hard to imagine. Like, you were talking about hearing the albums in a different order, but it's also hard to imagine Scarhead, for example, being on Gandhi or being on Havana. <laughs> right. Um, Dove, I'm, I'm curious for you. Like, did you have any reaction to, like, the personal nature of some of Sharif's writing on here? Not not specifically. I was just reacting to each song as it came, and it just felt like he was really world-building uh, and world-revealing at the same time, sort mm-hmm. of building a sonic universe and a sort of artistic universe, and then also within that universe, putting himself and some personal aspects in yeah. it as well. Like, not only am I building this world, uh, it's part of me as well. So it was mm-hmm. an interesting dynamic to hear that, um, because, you know, his lyrics can be abstract uh, the first few times you listen to them, and after you listen to it a few times, while it remains abstract, you might you might be able to get some concrete uh, feelings from it and some concrete stories from it because they're there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I love that description. I think it's accurate. Religion is definitely a recurring theme on Decay. There's a few songs that point to religious references or practices. There's also just general talk around this throughout the project. Considering what you're addressing, Sharif, I wondered what role faith has played in your life. I feel like it can go one of two ways when it comes to dealing with trauma inside and outside your bubble. Either you cling to your religious practice and beliefs, 
or your faith weakens and you become skeptical. Shreef, where do you fit on that spectrum? And Dub, I'll ask you the same question. Me personally, I kind of wasn't never always, I kind of was never religious, but I kind of always like taking the information and observing hmm. and just thinking about just how the human brain works and the aspect of like, I kind of grew up where I used to go down south, South Carolina during holidays and different times of the year. And my uncle had a church down there. And it was like one of those community churches where the whole town would go to and people would come every Sunday morning. And I used to just go there and just sit and just look at the power that he had just talking to the people and the way they reacted to what they believed in. And later on down the line, my mother, she's also a big Christian who's into the church. But the flip side, my father's Muslim. So I studied Islam with him. Like when I was, when I would go visit him, probably about like seven or eight years ago. And I got into the masjid and studied their religion and what they practice. And two different paths, two different ideas, but it kind of all always connected to me. And it kind of always was dope to me on kind of how the human brain kind of takes it in. So like, for example, you'll have, like I said, you'll have somebody that uh, practice and preach one thing for good, but then you'll have a cult leader type that kind of is putting the power of God in himself. And people believe it so much that they might kill for him. They might sell their kids to him and all types of craziness. So just the power that always was just interesting to me, like deeply for sure. Same. What about you, Dove? Oh man. Um, my, I, at a very young age, my parents tried to, you know, I, I went to Catholic school actually for maybe up until like third or fourth grade, but they, from what I can remember, they seemed pretty indifferent at that point, And I was certainly very indifferent. So at that point we just kind of left that you stopped going to church and I stopped going to that school and stuff like that. And on a personal level, I can't bring myself to have the sort of um, love and respect that other people have for uh, religion that other people have, but I have a lot of faith. My I think faith is uh, person to person, mm-hmm. the the human body, individual mm-hmm. to individual. The people that you can speak to, reach out and touch, reach out and have intangible interactions with. So I only believe in the brain and the spirit like of that. So yeah, I don't I don't have a connection to religion. I I I, I think that a lot of people use it for a lot of good, which is incredible. Um, and it's hard though because there's a equal percentage of people like Sharif was saying who use the exact same teachings for evil so it's it's hard for me to to sort of want to participate in in any of the the religions yeah i really like what you said about faith though how it's sort of up to up to us to make it our own yeah it's just people out here yeah like come on like it's just people like true you know, like we're we're doing what we can with these these bodies these we have physical limitations but we will push them for the people we love mental limitations but we will push them in positive ways for the people that we love you know but yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't i don't um i don't go no. on that too much and even kind of going back into like the whole concept of the album e like to me my favorite lyric on the album and it kind of sums up Kind of what when I see the album is the first opening bars on the christening, where, it's, where I'm just like, uh, 
My boo was bashful of the Bible, prayed every day, found joy, and remained suicidal. Carried the way the world into the world's sickness. Like, and with that, it was just at the end of the day, like, we here, we going through this, but we either gonna make it or we're not gonna make it. Like, <laughs> you might not be able to pray hard enough to who you believe in. You might not ever, you might not be able to speak or even see what energy and vibes you want to take and to get you to the next day, but somehow we got to get done. Mm. At the risk of sounding corny, amen. (laughs) (laughs) What is amen? What is the etymology of that? That's a great question. I don't know. That's a good question. Because, like, that's just a word. We all know it. We hear it. We know exactly what it means. I wonder what the etymology is where it is. You know, there's always etymology of a word. Like, it's a really good fucking question. I don't know. Certainly no A women. That's for sure. (laughs) We know damn well that there's no A women. Oh, shit, shit. Somebody Google that. I feel like I should probably know, and I'm uh, disappointing my parents and the people who raised me. Yeah, same. I I grew up in the church, so I don't, yeah, but I have no fucking idea. I want to start my next question with a quote from my favorite book, which is called Night Film, and bear with me because I'm going to try to read it slow because otherwise I'll fuck it up. So it goes, mortal fear is as crucial a thing to our lives as love. It cuts the core of our being. It shows us what we are. Will you step back and cover your eyes or will you have the strength to walk through the precipice, walk to the precipice and look out? Do you want to know what is there or live in this dark delusion that this commercial world insists we remain sealed inside like blind caterpillars in an eternal cocoon? Will you curl up with your eyes closed and die or will you fight your way out of it and fly? The whole reason I'm bringing that up is because, Sharif, I feel like these are the questions that you've been asking listeners through your music. You're an artist to me that is not afraid to explore uncharted territory. And I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but you embrace the strange, which is something that I have really found community in. So do you want your artistry to encourage other folks to take that same leap? No, absolutely. For it, and it's funny because I just was uh, talking about this and I was saying like, somebody had asked me like, um, you, you, how do you feel when people like when people call your music weird and that type of shit? And I'm like, to me, it's literally just a box that <laughs> they want to put us in and and try to act like we can't do certain types of art and create certain stuff. But I'm like, if I'm gonna call it anything, I'm gonna call it uh, black power experimental music because mm-hmm. I'm like, literally, they did they did experiments on black people, so I'm like, we should be as experimental as possible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, to me weird's not a bad word yeah i mean neither yeah. ne- neither is strange which is i i wanted to sort of put that in front of it before i asked but yeah those words are not bad words to me yeah no definitely like my whole thing is definitely just keep uh for any creative black white whatever like i want my music to be just something that you hear you like damn i'm inspired to push the boundaries of my creativity whether it's art whether it's drawing whether it's fashion and just keep coming up with new ways and different things to push the envelope and inspire the next people coming behind you love it no thank you so much yeah so decay literally means to rot and sharif you you sort of talked about this earlier but there are a lot of topics being addressed on this project that could potentially cause someone to deteriorate mentally or even physically 
what I think you've done here and with all of your other projects is to make art out of the crumbling pieces. And maybe the end result doesn't always feel or media immediately appear like a beautiful thing, but that's the reality of life, right? And you talked about this earlier, but the cover of Decay sort of speaks to that. It's an outside view into this abandoned building that we're able to see through a hole in a brick wall. And on the walls in the side of the building, there is a bit of graffiti art. Um, and, and these walls are surrounded by just like debris of all kind. Like it just looks like a mess, but there's all this different art on the wall. And to the left, there's this heart there's a spray painted heart and that feels really symbolic. So I'm wondering if you agree with all of that and, and Dove, how do you think your production complements what Sharif does with his artistry? Yeah, I think that um, if you, I think that in my beats and in my production uh, upon second and third listens, you'll, you'll find pieces that are mixed low or, you know, pan left or right that maybe, once you do hear them can change the vibe of the track. Like it's dark and creepy, but also there's this weird little twinkle sound that's going on. And maybe I hear some, like some, so there is some prettiness to this. There is some like a cute little melody in the background here or something like that. That seems to happen with a lot of the production I do where, you know, it would, it's certainly, I certainly most of the time my production skews dark or strange or weird, but within that, a lot of the times there does seem to be some time and rap artists will point it out to me and, and stuff. And I'll hear it myself. They'll be like, it sounds pretty this part, you know, like this is, this is, uh, this has me- uplifting, but melancholic, but uplifting. Um, so yeah, I think that that dichotomy just always works well, both in my production and the way Sharif uses it and his lyrics that he applies to it in his writing. Hmm. No, I definitely feel the exact way Dove is saying like, for me, I'm always, uh, and I was, we were joking about this before, but I always love rapping on stuff that I shouldn't rap on. So, like, <laughs> to me, like, it's also, like, just uh, the next level of just the expression of the thought that's that I'm putting out there at the moment. So, like you said, if the lyrics are chaotic in different, uh, different forms that may take you on different emotional roller coasters up and down, like, to me, the production has to do that. The, Sample has to do that. Even like my voice. That's why I might do three or four different ad lib tracks, and I'm like, yeah, I'll put this voice here, put this here, put this here. So, yeah, to me, like every piece of it matters in the overall like music that you're putting out. Well, Dove, you were talking about like cute or melodic aspects of your beats. Um, Prisoner of Jesus is one of the most up tempo, bright, fat boy Sharif songs that i can recall um it's also got this swirling guitar samples in it um which i actually i found the guitar stuff that is sampled throughout the album i overlooked it first couple times i listened to it but this past week as as i was listening i was paying more attention to it and i've noticed it a lot in the second half of the album so you got this guitar uh, sample and prisoner of jesus the christening has this bass line as its backbone that really sounds like something you might expect to hear from like corn or system of a down more, more on that later. Uh, we're <laughs> cause we're going to be talking about a decidedly rock oriented album tonight. I'm wondering how important it is to include like the wide array of musical interests that you make in the production. And that question is for both of you. Uh, I think it's really important. And I think that 
not to sound pretentious, it's easy. It just happens because we listen to such random shit um, consistently. Like him and Sharif and I seem to be music obsessives. And I not not every artist is a music obsessive is what I've learned, mm. you know, um, and that's not a slight to other artists. They're just not constantly listening to new shit like some people do, you know, and uh, it just works its way right into the beats mm. just without me even thinking about it. There's just shit in there that just sounds like like the things you were saying. Yeah, nah, definitely. And I had started touching on it a little bit earlier, but. For me, on the writing aspect, on this particular album, I dug into my early influences a lot. That before I even got influenced by rap, it was, like I always tell you, it was a lot of just grunge stuff, heavy metal stuff like that. So a lot of the songs, when I'm writing them, I'm kind of sitting back, looking at it from the aspect of like, I, this, the vibe of this project need to be the vibe of when you first heard in utero from Nirvana, songwriting wise, just with the intensity of the lyrics, or uh, the first time you heard Siamese Dream from Smash of Pumpkins. Like, that's kind of like the where my mind was at on the writing part of this album. And Dove definitely brought that full circle with the production that he was choosing and he was bringing to me. Well, um, I mentioned System of a Down. We're going to do something that we've never done. On the next movement podcast, wait, Co- really? Couple yeah. of firsts tonight. First three three time guests, and first album that is, uh, I think, without a doubt, not a hip hop album. Although we, <laughs> I do it's more hip hop than a lot of other rock. Should I tell you that? <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna Definitely. say, I think I do want to talk about elements of it that might be connected to hip hop. But System yeah. of a Down, I don't think most people think about hip hop when they listen to System of a Down. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about toxicity. Clamp down with your iron fist, drugs became conveniently available for all the kids. Following the right movement to clamp down with your iron fist, drugs became conveniently available for all the kids. Assuming this is an album that both of you agreed on, we're going to talk about this record. We had to have a little bit of a back and forth, but when I when I said it, he agreed right away. Because yeah, now nah, Rob, it, it was funny because when you first asked me, like, what album you want to touch on? Immediately in my head, I was like, I don't want to do no rap shit because, mm. like I said, kind of like the influences wasn't rap related for this particular project for me. So I hit Dove and I'm just like, yo, what um, 
whatever you want to talk about. And I brought up a couple. Matter of fact, I brought up uh, Smash Your Puff, The Siamese Dream. He was saying, yeah, I wasn't super duper into that. So I'm like, all right, cool. I just wasn't super familiar with it. I only knew the Smashing Pumpkins hits. I never bought the albums. Mm. Yeah. And then I brought up uh, Downward Spiral from Nine Inch Nails. Mm. And he wasn't super, he he was into it, but he wasn't super tapped yeah. in with it. So Crazy when he record, brought, but I, yeah, yeah, I know. When he brought up System, I'm like, oh, shit. I'm <laughs> like, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> And that I only thought about that because I just put on a very big playlist that I have and just hard to sh- put it on shuffle and just went through stuff. And then I was like, oh, what about this one? Mm. So, like, yeah. 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 Well, Sharif, you've already talked about, you know, how uh, music in, in along the lines of system may have influenced what you were writing <laughs> on this record. Yeah. Dove, for you, is there an association in your mind between system and toxicity and decay? Not pre-recording or not during the recording process but hearing them after you know uh, for sure there's a spirit there's a spirit that i think that connects the two of them yeah um radical a radical spirit for sure Uh, i i was gonna say dove it's weird because it's kind of like in reverse because decay kind of came from everything that was going on at the time or around the time, mm-hmm. uh, toxicity came out a week before 9-11. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that, and I'm pretty sure when they recorded that, that they didn't know that was going to happen. But listening to some of the songs after 9-11 and they touching on stuff like the school mm-hmm. system, the prison system, and all of that, it kind of is one big circle that you're like, oh, wow, like, it's crazy how music works. Like, <laughs> Yeah, art is a our music, especially is is uh, inexplicably magical in that way. First of all, I just want to say thank you so fucking much for picking <laughs> this album. When so Rob and I talk about albums, obviously before we host guests. So he told me what it was, and I was so fucking happy. And I was like, please be into this shit. Please be as into this <laughs> as I am, because otherwise I'm gonna have to sell this to you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start plotting and scheming now are you talking about so me? it wasn't a hard sell you're talking about me wait so who did yeah talking about you you talking tra- about you. You it, thought you're gonna have to was... sell it to me so who knew the i record? thought it was yeah you... i knew oh fuck yeah i love okay. system of a down i know toxicity like the back of my hand so okay. i was really into it so i didn't know how rob was gonna feel so we're talking and i was like please be into this he was you, you know I... be. that's the power of system of a down like people yeah. who aren't even into that type of music here's system of a down they're like what's this so I'm fucking like, saying, yes, <laughs> yes, it's, 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 yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Sharif. Oh, no, 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 you got, no, I just wanted to say, uh, Robbie, I wanted to ask y'all, like, because I know we all different in age, so I wonder when did y'all get first put onto it? Because oh, for me, like, yeah. I want to say I might have been like 10, 11, not like, oh, shit, so, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm the oldest person on this call, I'll tell you. No. <laughs> so, I think I was like, I was out of high school. So I, no. Yeah. Was I? Yeah, I was out of high school. I graduated in June of 20 or 2001. So 2001. So I was out of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Boom. We're the same age. So yeah. So I was 18 when I heard this. So I was fucking all in and I I had actually, I I knew them before this. So I had like their, their self-titled first album. I fucking loved. 
And I, I don't know if it was like teenage angst or whatever, but I remember the first time hearing the first time I heard them, that energy that they have was just something that really pulled me in. Like, it was just so like a throat punch. Like it was just like, it was so fucking incredible. It's completely singular. There is nothing. Yes. Nothing. Cannot. There have been a hundred bands. You cannot do what these four dudes did like there's just something and there's something so off kilter about it that people hate heavy metal rock and roll music will hear these especially their hits right they'll hear their hits and be like there's it's i hate i hesitate so much to use this word but i have to it's fun there's something fun yeah. about oh, their yeah. music yeah. too. He's just singing like a maniac, like, and, and they're just they're. It's, it's not the fun is not the core of their music, but right, uh, it, it opens more people up than you would expect to 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 let their songs rock out and and let them play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I and I ha- I I hate that they get lumped into that fucking new metal whatever yeah, like there's nowhere else to put them there's nowhere else to put them but there's there's like there's no one else fucking like them like they are yeah. not like corn they're not like fucking limp biscuit like they're they're on their own island no i was literally gonna make that joke because like i was saying i was younger so i used to always listen to uh we got this station k-rock in jersey in new york i used to always listen to it and I used to always hear them, and they used to always get looped in with the Limp Biscuit and System of a Down and Power Man 5000 and all of that shit. But I was yeah. a fan of all But even... Oh, me too. Like, Sugar Early and all of the... And Areolas and all of that, I knew they was different. Like, just with the whole aspect of the face paint and the crazy hair and the voice change, I was like, yo, this is dope. <laughs> like, I want to do that. That's dope. Like, he... He's actually performing. Like, and then the instrumentation was always dope. The songwriting was always dope. Insane. Like, Insane. It was always a, a beautiful full picture of just the whole system of a down experience. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So their single, what was their, because they didn't pop. Their first album didn't pop. Well, no. So, and what? Their third album was Steal This Album, right? But their first single that popped was either Ariel's or. Chop suey. That was a. I think chop suey with the big. Yeah, that was the. That was a first like big big hit because they their first album there was both of them hit both of them hit but chop suey was first. Toxicity too. The title song was also. So it was a single. I think chop suey was like the big. Yeah, chop suey was like the top dog. Like that came out and people went fucking nuts. I only knew them from the singles like from listening from to the yeah. from listening to the radio like i don't then, i was telling you e yesterday i never listened to this whole album so this bro, week it's oh. fucking good and then you put the album on and hear prison song first <laughs> yeah. and you're like what the fuck what? is going on right <laughs> right yo i said this is the first time that i actually paid attention to when somebody was talking to, about the prison industrial, the prison industrial complex, like like so system simple. of a down, fucking taught me. Yeah. yeah. What, what's so beautiful about like the word spectacle kept coming to mind for me listening to this album. Like you were talking about fun dove, like there's a spectacle to it, like it's a show. Uh, yeah. And and it's a such a strange like contradiction almost to to have this spectacle, but then to have him throwing these like very serious straightforward statistics about the prison system it's bro, so there's a great. meme i'm gonna find it hold on keep talking <laughs> it's so great 
Um, but even like, no, yeah, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to say, I, I hadn't listened to the, first of all, I'll, let me back up and say, my only resistance to talking about toxicity and system of a down tonight, I don't, I don't feel like you had to sell me very hard, but my only resistance was the fact that it was going to break format. And now I'm just afraid of what everyone else is going to do from this point forward. But <laughs> you're in charge of that. though. You could, you... <laughs> that right. Like we can say, fuck no, <laughs> we're not doing that. Hi, that's I said yes because I love this album. <laughs> I, I, that's why I asked you, Rob. I wanted to make sure it was good. I was like, "Can we? Are you, I don't want to mess up the format. We can do some rap shit." And you was like, "Nah, let's do it." And I was like, "Okay, if you go with it, I'm good with it." Like, yeah. By that point, E had already, you know, she'd helped me see the light. Anyway, I texted E yesterday. I was like, "This album is fucking crazy. Like, I love this." <laughs> It's so oh great. God. I don't think I was ready for this. I, I heard this album, you know, I heard the singles when they were new, right? So I think I was in college. I graduated in 99, Duff, so you're not the oldest okay, person on this right. call. I'm the only baby here. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I was ready for it then, but, oh, man, it's so fucking great. I, I love it. I'm glad we're talking about it. As soon as as soon as you're halfway through listening to Prison Song, you're just like, all right, well, <laughs> this is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. I'm on board. And then and then they stay consistent throughout the album. They move from yeah. song to song, and you're like still bobbing your head. It's it's you know you don't get sick of the up tempo. They're just they're they're fucking they're they're great. So it's fucking great, great. And it's yeah. it's yeah. Go ahead, Sharif. No, no, no. I was just gonna say like to me, and it's going back to what you said. To me, them getting looped in with the new metal guys kind of takes away from just the dopeness of their songwriting. Yeah. You got on like beer dance where they literally talking about literally the riots that was going on during the election at the time and you fast forward 20 years later stuff like that is still happening stuff like Prince's song is still happening so even stuff like every um top suey like drug addiction is still happening at a crazy ass rate it's new drugs coming out every day, day. Like, yeah. so yeah to me it's like they got their flowers later on when people kind of sat back and was like yo they was actually like no. They was actually bringing something new to the table. Like, yeah, they spin. Came out like to me when they first came out. I think they might have got taken for granted or just some. This is what's going on right now. This is dope. Instead of sitting back, like kind of like how people talk about like when the Beatles was out compared to like hearing they stuff twenty or thirty years later. Like oh wow, this song is about this. They touched on this. The way they played the guitar on this was never done before in life. Like. So they definitely right, yeah. the, the first song I actually heard them do was not on the first album. Y'all know Sugar? Yeah, yeah. I bought up Sugar. Cause I was yeah, Sugar was the first song I offered him. Cause I love the video with the face paint and yes. the, I was like, yo, this shit is hard as shit. That shit. If you've not heard that, then you need to listen to Sugar. That shit is fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah, hell yeah nuts but yeah i think the political their political stance and commentary that's what separates them from all those other bands because they were talking about some real shit on here no definitely they weren't incubus they weren't hinting yeah no 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 they weren't they set a tone and they stuck with that tone (laughs) yeah uh... listen man i love incubus's first album I do too. Oh, I fucking love Incubus. Yeah, come on. I do too. I'll let somebody pick an Incubus. <laughs> I love Incubus's second album. <laughs> yes, That's so great. good. No, now I remember. So, I, System of a Down, Secret Weapon is Surge. 
his voice is in is so good like he can really fucking sing really fucking sing people debate this people debate whether he's a good really yes absolutely and i to me like i'm sure there's some people who can make that argument like you can't hit notes i'm tone deaf i don't know what notes are i can't like discern uh a Two two really good singers, I wouldn't tell you be able to tell you which one is better. So I agree with you. Unbelievable singer. But yes. I've seen people really debate this, like, what a garbage singer, but I love them anyway. Like I've seen that comment a lot. But he's just got such a unique voice. Such a unique voice. Like the harmonies too. Like on Chop Suey, like that end, that's the best part of that song when they're oh, harmonizing. God. God. The, yeah, he's just goofing around though. That's the thing. Is like that's the he's thing. Like, that's the yeah. thing with all of them. They just seem like incredibly talented musicians who are just fucking around. It's amazing. Yeah. And and yeah, yes. With intent like fucking around with intention, like we're gonna make some punk rock shit. We're gonna talk about radical shit. And it comes out perfect, but it seems like it was improvised or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. And it's got a the- theatrical feel. Very it's much like, so. like you were saying, a show before, like it's got a circus feel to it. Yeah. You know, like it's got, <laughs> it's crazy. no, see, I, I'll ask y'all because has any of y'all ever got a chance to see them live, like in person? I, I never got a chance to see them live in person. You did? So no. I didn't see them live, but I'll here's what I'll say. So I, when I was 18, I worked at the Bryce Jordan Center, which is the arena for at Penn State University, and they were performing there with Slipknot. So we weren't supposed to watch the shows, but like, I remember like cleaning up and like going into like one of the empty spots and like seeing like, they're just like all the theatric of the show. It looked fucking insane. That's cool. Are they active? I don't know if they're active. I don't know how much they tour anymore. Um, I don't, I know like sure just put out like solo albums. I don't know when the last time they put out a group album was. Yeah. What happened? Did they like break up or? What's the story? They put out albums when I was in college. Like when I was a junior or senior, they still had albums out. Like they were putting albums out. album came out after Toxicity. And then what was the one? They had like a double album, right? Yeah, it was like, was it Memorize? Mesmerize. Mesmerize and Hypnotize. Yeah. Yeah, because there were some bangers on there. Violent Pornography. So good. That looks like the last thing they put out. Yeah, and that was like what, 2004, 2005? 2005. Yeah. 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 All from Armenia. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which you can hear in the music, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> somehow they find a way to work that in. Do y'all think this is like their magnum opus? Because y'all brought up the other albums like before and after. Do you think, because like we were saying, they, they're not as active. Do you think they might have hit their stride with this album and the stuff after that was kind of just like, this is dope, but it's not like this. Like it's not like the toxicity stuff we was doing. Or you think they might have kind of just decided to get into other things? Just the idea I was just having in mind. If I had to, if I had to guess, if I had to just guess, literally not knowing them or anything like that, they don't seem like super hyper capitalists based on everything they uh <laughs> so you know it to me it seems like they they you know you can at that time with hits like that if you invest you mm-hmm. could you could you could get yourself a good 30 40 year chunk of money mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah to live off of yeah. because those were the sort of hits that were worldwide got licensed by an overwhelming amount of movies tv shows things like that like two or three big hits like that so 
I don't know. I was trying to look at their Wikipedia, but I think that I'll listen to the album before this, the self-titled, and I'll listen to Steal This Album. I'll listen to those albums, but they don't stick with me the way Toxicity does. Yeah. I There's like, there's like after Steal This Album, there's like hits here. There's like songs here and there that I love, like Violent Pornography, um, Bring Your Own Bombs. Like they have some bangers on other albums, but like as like a collect, like as a one, like an entire album, like this is it. For me, like this is it. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Yeah, no, for fact. <laughs> I just saw, I just read that tweet that you put in the chat. Uh, oh, it's so funny. It's, what does it say? It's so accurate. It's the- it says every system of a down song is like, I'm the mushroom man, I'm the mushroom man. Whoa, ho, ho, ho. In June 2003, Amnesty International yeah. published reports <laughs> of human rights abuses by the U.S. military. <laughs> What, what's some of the standout joints for y'all on the album? I'll say, for me, like we were saying, Prison Song was always a banger. I love the science joint. Yes. Making your possibilities a reality, predicting the future of things we all know. Fighting off the disease programming. Century, 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 century Science has to recognize the single most Important element of human existence Letting the reins go to the unfolding is faith Psycho. Psycho, like, yes. That's my shit. That's my favorite. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> I don't find many skips. Shimmy is so weird. So shimmy, shimmy, shimmy to the break of dawn. Yeah. So <laughs> sounds like a, like a, I don't, do you remember? Uh, there, there were a few Rob Zombie songs that I really loved. So sometimes, <laughs> like, sometimes some of the music can kind of like remind yeah. me of what Shimmy does in a way. But yeah, Psycho's incredible. Ariel's is, is, you know, it's almost Ariel's is so good that I can still listen to it, even though it was yeah. played to the point of like torture, you yeah. know, like it was played so many times during so that many. era. Yeah. Uh, it was on every radio station, but that speaks to the strength of it because I'll listen to it today and be like, oh, this is a fucking banger. Yeah. <laughs> that song also feels like, I have no idea if this is accurate. It, it feels like a song that they wrote knowing that it was going to be a hit, but it's still. Like there's no I mean, there's no compromise in it either. Like it's still fucking great. It must be crazy to be doing a final mix on a song like that, and just like you're just like, what the fuck is this gonna <laughs> like? Yeah, I was listening to uh, to it in the car the other day, and I haven't listened to System forever. And the title track came on, and I like I started to sweat, and like my hair started standing <laughs> up, 
So good. Like, good lord. It's fucking amazing. I love science because science has that like different it's got a different guitar sound towards the end that you don't hear anywhere else on the album that, that I love. Yeah. No, that's how I feel about X. X was always one of my favorites because I love how they definitely dove into they punk side with that, where it's literally like I want to say it might be like 12 words and then it's just <laughs> instrumentation and the song is like a minute in like 10 seconds. <laughs> like, <laughs> the drumming on this album is fucking phenomenal. Oh, God, forget phenomenal. It. Like that's one of the reasons I love toxicity. Like the drumming on that is just so yeah. fucking good. Psycho the double too. bass drum. It's crazy. Yes. 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 It's so good. Yeah. There I I you know, like I guess you can pretty easily say that they're underrated because you meet a lot of people as you as time goes on, you really do meet a lot of people that um have heard of System of a Down and then you you might play them their shit and be like, these guys are incredible. Like a lot, like I know a lot of people that would fuck with them so heavy, but yeah. just haven't because they see them as this 2001 new metal band. Yeah. Um, but it just sets itself apart. It just steps right out, right out line with the rest of those artists. They they stay in their lane. System of Down steps right outside and does their own thing, and you're just like, holy shit. But you know, yeah. those I was thinking this week, like put them on a bill with Soul Glow. And I'll be the happiest person in the world. Like, we need to make that. We need to make that happen, Rob. Yeah, I'm start, a, tweet, I'm a, start tweeting that shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna highlight some videos. We need to make. We need. Hold on, hold on. Let's do it like this. We need Soul Glow, System of a Down, Zulu. Yes. And, so wait, let's try to get them at the Zulu Soul <laughs> Soul Glow show that's happening in Philly in October. Oh, shit, Start man. tweeting that shit. Start tagging System of a Down. Let's get them here. All right. You could drop Toxicity this year, and it would sound new. Absolutely. Fuck yeah, it's so good. Absolutely. It, it, would, it would sound yeah. brand new, and, and and aerials would hit just the way it hit back then. Yep. Like you, you could you could get that on radio because it's yeah. Strong. None of this sounds aged at all. None of it. It never will. No, but Dub, I'll say Dub and Rob, like he right. Definitely go back to that first album. That first album got some got some things oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. It. Oh, they got no, some bangers. Yeah, Sugar in particular. Yeah, I'm not familiar with the rest of their music at all, so I I have some Good. work to do. What's that? Fuck, I forget what it's called, Shreve. But there's a song on the first album, and <laughs> towards the end of it. Serge does this really like weird, like cartoony voice. It is hilarious. And he's like singing and it just goes right. Like, it just seems like it's like seamless. It's so good, but it's so, and like, if anybody else was doing it, I'd be like, what the fuck was this asshole doing? But it's just so good when he does it. I wonder I why he's never. I, I haven't heard that first album in a while. So, it's been a minute. I, yeah, I do remember super fucking with it though. The last time I tapped into it, which was probably like five years ago or some shit. Like, beautiful. I'm surprised no one's ever tapped Surge to do like some musical type thing or some sort of cameo or some sort of. Should be on Broadway. Yeah, he'll be dope. Fuck it, we about to get him on Decay too. <laughs> Yo, that would be fucking sick. Crazy. Dude, let's do it. Just get him on there so he can roll R's in random places. And... <laughs> One little scream, and that's it. That's oh, yeah. What else? What else, E? What else do you want to say? I don't know. This I just This conversation made me so so hype. I can't even fucking talk. <laughs> I had a shitty week, and this, this made it so much better. So thanks for picking this album. 
nah, thank y'all so much again for always yeah. supporting show love to everything we do. Like, it's always a pleasure to 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 come through a bill with fans. So, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not hard, man. Y'all make it easy. Now, nah, appreciate um, you. I gotta get back out there soon, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, hell yeah. Anything you want people to know about where to buy the album? Anything you want people to keep your heads up for regarding the album, shows, anything like that? Yeah, I can purchase it right now. Vinyls available. Last few vinyls available. Backwardstudios.com. So definitely go there. Cop the vinyl, cop the uh, digital. We got another video dropping real soon in the next coming weeks. So definitely keep your eyes open for that and just more stuff together solo and just more Dove and Sharif stuff on the, on the horizon. Just keep your eyes open. Shout yeah. out to everybody, everybody who's been showing love and supporting the album. For sure. For sure. Anything else for you, Dove, outside of this? Um, No, not really. I'm just the same sentiment. I have more stuff coming with other artists. Um, But Decay is out there right now. People need to listen to it because it's a, a very singular piece of work. Sort mm-hmm. of like System of a Down Toxicity. There you right. go. Perfectly tied it together. Like the next movie podcast. Hell yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, guys. This has been great. Thank you. A lot of fun. Appreciate you being Thank here. Thank you. Yeah. Always appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Yeah. You all right? I hope I didn't ruin your. Uh, we'll see what somebody picks next. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll be all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll be okay. We'll recover. All right, folks. This has been the next movement. Thanks for listening. Peace. Love for him. Love for him. My boo was bashful of the Bible. Prayed every day, found joy, and remained suicidal. Carry weighted world, and the world sickness. Wrist blisters on the belly cut. Activated, out of town speech. Stomach rumblings, cleansed from the blind beach. Teleprompter, red Vietnam helicopter. Made the whole town run. Far from grace, with a gorgeous face. Spirit shelter, somber city in office space. Spread cold, missing links, extraterrestrial, dense cold, paralysis, intervene, depeche mode, static vision, climax, different spread amongst his womb, and bees protect black women. The night spread in canine rays, height, the youth staggered in insane plight, told the infants to read the scrolls at midnight, cage fight, century saving sign.